Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today? You guys doing good? Come on, let's put our hands together. Let's welcome all of our locations, everyone watching online. And uh, before we get into the message today, there's just a couple of of things I want to share with you. First of all, on what Shannon was saying about our Heart for the House weekend, November 5th and 6th. So that is our annual, once a year, what we ask our church to do, we ask them to pray and bring the very best offering that they can over and above their tithe to go towards our church expansion initiatives for the coming year. And you guys know I shared uh, with you guys about three weeks ago about how exciting this coming year is because we have the opportunity uh, to do six new locations. And we have the opportunity in one year to see God expand us in a way where we have, uh, we, we, we have, we create more seats in one year than in the previous 18 years combined. How many of you know that's God? That, that's a miracle. Okay. And, uh, and I, I want to say this, I've, I've said this before, you know, we're not overstretched. Um, it's just kind of the way things have, have aligned. And I also want to say what makes this year different than a couple of previous years with our Heart for the House. You know, I'm, I'm trying to share information with you guys kind of as we go. And we've had some real exciting opportunities before the last couple of years. Like how many of you remember the opportunity at Regency? So Regency was an exciting opportunity. So like we do with all of these, we, there was an LOI. We had it under contract during the due diligence time. But we'll, once we you know, got further down the due diligence and saw what it was really gonna cost and maybe some things that the other party said that wasn't actually, you know, that wasn't actually the case, well, we came to that situation and it just was not a good deal for, for the church. And so I want to promise you as your pastor, if we're in a situation and it is not a good deal for the church, we will walk from those deals. We will walk. Um, we, do you see what I'm saying? God doesn't do that. God doesn't work like that. And, um, and so like from that deal, we walked. We were going to try to go renegotiate and things like that. And then another church came in and uh, got it. And you know what? I think that was God. That is a great church. That pastor's become a great friend of mine. He's joined ARC. And, uh, and so that's how God worked that out. We we're also looking, there was a, a, a building out at the beaches that was supposed to come on auction that we really had an inside track for. And uh, it never, they were like, okay, it's next month. It's next month. It's next month. Well, it never came. <laughs> it never came on auction. And so I try to share with you guys these things kind of as they go, because if we wait until everything perfect and it's set, then it's going to be too late. Then we're like, okay, hey, we need a couple of million dollars, you know, in, in, in 90 days. So we can't do that. But the difference this year is all of these six locations are, are secure. Do you see what I'm saying? On some of them, we have a backup and we're kind of waiting on a, 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 another scenario that could happen, but like they're done. The leadership is there. The pastors are there. The teams are there. Everything is there except the money. And so uh, that's why we need another $1.7 million by the end of the year. And that's a lot of money, but come on, that's, that's not insurmountable. We're not trying to believe God for $10 million uh, to, to come in, uh, you know, over the next couple of months. 
it's, uh, that's a stretch, but that is doable for our church. So I just wanted to let you guys know that, okay? And, do y'all, I, I, and just the way my leadership is and opportunities in the future, when they come online, I'm gonna start sharing them. But if it ends up being a bad deal for the church and the other party tries to change things last minute or whatever, we're gonna walk away. And so I'll just tell y'all right off the bat, hey, we walked. Come on, aren't you glad that you go to a church where we will walk in a heartbeat? So there's that. And then also, um, ladies, girls, how many of you are excited about Shine coming up in a few weeks? It's gonna be great. And so I just wanted to say that um, it's really getting filled up. In fact, registrations are even ahead of last year. Last year we had Beth Moore. Uh, registrations this year are ahead of last year. And so I think we're getting close to 2,000 registrations. We can have, um, I think, about 2,400. And so I just wanna encourage you, if you have not registered, please register. Please uh, stop by the Shine booth outside or go online and register immediately. And I also wanna say we're gonna extend one more time that weekend where if you've never been to Shine, if it's your first Shine, it's gonna be 50% off. And if you bring a guest, the guest uh, ticket is 50% off. So this is a great year if you've been wanting to invite some friends or family members and all that. It's their first time, you get 50% off. And we're doing that because, listen, Shine's really... First and foremost, it's for the girls in our church, okay? So we'll have people, women come from all over America, especially in the Southeast region, but we really want our church in there. That's really who it's for, amen? So I just wanted to share that with you guys. And of course, we're in a series uh, called Shift. We're talking about changing our perspective. Pastor Kevin Gerald kicked off last week. He kicked off, off the Shift series. Wasn't that a great message about perspective? It's about perspective. And so we're gonna continue in that uh, today. If you have your Bibles or your iPhones, I'm gonna ask you to go to uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter five. And I'm gonna get there in just uh, a moment. But what we're gonna do, what Carrie and I are gonna do, Carrie's not here this weekend. She's actually preaching at a women's conference out in California. So she's not here this weekend. But what we're doing this week and next week, we're talking about four shifts. And when we're talking about shifts, we're talking about this is, this is perspective, okay? This is perspective. We're gonna talk about four shifts to a passionate marriage. And within that, we're gonna talk about just relationship principles in general, talking to singles and, uh, and all those types of things. But these four shifts are so, so important. This is a very practical message. Um, hence my stool uh, that I'm gonna be sitting on as much as I can and teaching you this. So we're, it's four shifts. We're gonna go over two this weekend and we're gonna go over two next weekend. And I'm telling you, if you can make these shifts, if you can change your perspective on these things, you can have the marriage that God wants you to have. And when we talk about passionate marriage, we're not just talking about like, you know, attraction and sexual passion, it includes that, but we're just talking about, you know, an energetic marriage, a marriage that you're into, a marriage that you're enjoying. How many of you believe you're supposed to enjoy your marriage? Enjoy your spouse. So we're gonna talk about that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, God, and thank you what you're gonna do over these next couple of weeks as we talk about making these shifts, Lord, so that we can have the marriages and the relationships, Lord, the blessing of those that you want us to have. 
in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Okay, let's look at Galatians chapter five. Galatians chapter five. Let's put it up there. This is talking about the works of the flesh and it's talking about the fruit of the spirit. Okay, it says, look, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Like this is, these are the obvious things, the, falling, the fallen part of our humanity. When these outcomes take place, this is obvious, this is not the spirit of God, that this is our fallen sinful state at work here. The works of the flesh are evident. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies. By the way, I want to say this, that word sorcery there, a lot of times we see words like that. We're like, you know, you know, I'm not like practicing witchcraft or anything like that, so that doesn't apply. Let me tell you, that word in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, uh, the, the root word is formakia where today we get the word pharmacy. So what that's saying is that pharmacies are controlled by witches. No, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, listen. Some of you are like, wow. A conspiracy. No, but I wanna remind, you know, if, if, if you have an addiction issue, you know, that if you're, if you're self-medicating uh, in, in a way that's not prescribed by your doctor, like that's what that's, uh, that's a way that we can apply it in our current context, you know? Uh, it says, uh, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath. That one's for you, Pastor Chris, wherever you are this morning. I've been working with him on that. Outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. It says, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, let me help you apply this twofold in your life, okay? First of all, this is talking about people that this is their lifestyle. Drunkenness is part of their lifestyle, okay? Uh, you know, your adultery, that's part of their lifestyle. That's part of who they are. What it's not talking about is someone that's living for God and as the Bible also talks about in Galatians, they're overtaken by temptation or they're overtaken by fault and they backslide or they have seasons like we talked about. You know, Noah was drunk and naked. You can look all through the Bible and see how, <laughs> y'all remember that message, huh? Noah just needed to get out of the wine business. That's my two cents on the whole deal, okay? But it's not talking about, you know, we, we fall into temptation and then we get back. This is talking about a lifestyle. And so what it's also talking about is this, listen, if you're engaged in these things, okay, you can't experience the kingdom of God in your life in that current state. Do you see? The kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. You can't experience the kingdom of God. And what's the kingdom of God? You know, the, 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 the joy and the peace and all those kind of things. If you're in this current state, I can remember there was a guy back when uh, we were in the warehouse uh, and um, man, he was such a great guy. And I can't remember if it was crack or meth, but uh, man, he really had a struggle. And he was saved, man. He loved Jesus, and, and he would come to church, and he'd be clean for a while. He was always at the altar, just a sweet guy. 
an old, older guy, and, uh, and, but then something would happen, and he'd get backslide and use again. And uh, I can remember, as he, you know, he'd come, he'd come crying at the altar, crying at the altar, and, and kind of as he first started this back and forth scenario, I can remember he's just like, Pastor, I need peace, I need peace, I need peace. And I said his name, I said, listen, you, I can't pray for you to have peace as long as you're using like this. Like you can't go out and live wasted and expect to have the peace of God in your life. Now what we can do is, man, let's repent again, let's get back on track, let's get, uh, let's get clean, and then you can experience all the peace that you wanna experience. So a lot of times, I wanna say that and then move on, a, a lot of times we're praying for things that, watch, it should just be a byproduct of Jesus being king of our lives. That's how we experience the kingdom. You don't experience the kingdom without a king. Jesus has to be king of your life. If you're following, or you follow me. So there's no condemnation, but I'm just saying, I find this with especially a lot of young believers, is that they, they see these things in the Bible and they wanna experience these things in their power, but they're still engaged in, in this type of lifestyle. Do you see what I'm saying? And by the way, on, on kind of a sad ending, that guy ended up ODing. He ended up died. But he was saved. I'm telling you, that guy was saved. He just, uh, you know, he couldn't, he just didn't break out of it. So, uh, but anyway, that's a lesson for everybody out there, okay? So watch, let's go on. It says, look, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Okay, look at this. Here's what happens when the kingdom's in our life. When Jesus is king of our lives, look at this stuff, huh? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's for Chris, Pastor Chris again. Self-control, Chris, it's possible. Look, against such there is no law. Now watch this. How many of you would say, if that was going on in your marriage or in your relationships, that would be an awesome relationship. That would be an awesome marriage. Okay, keep that up there for just a second. It's real interesting if I would say, so if I say that, if I say, hey, what, what makes a great marriage? There's a lot of things people would come up with. In fact, if you, if, what the world will say, and, and I love some of those, uh, those commercials for the dating websites. I understand if you're doing a dating website, uh, that's fine. What is, uh, what's the, uh, there's a Christian one out there, right? Christian Mingle. Because you know we're Christians and we're mingling. Christian Mingle. What is that? Just call it like, I'm a Christian and I'm looking for a date. I don't know what. So what, what, what's the fame? There's the big one, right? E-Harmony. E-Harmony's a big one. And then that, that hilarious one, the farmers only dot com. Is that, I mean, city folk just don't get it. Is that hilarious? Like, escape now with your fantasy country life and your fantasy country spouse. How many of y'all confess right now you've had fantasies about living out in the country 
like just with the peace. It is. You can. It's fun. It's like a fantasy. Let's go be country people for a week, and then you got you know, and then you got to come back to reality. But anyway, what do they say on those websites? You know, all those things, it's all about compatibility, right? Compatibility. It's attraction and compatibility. Let me tell you something about attraction and compatibility. Okay, attraction, think of this. Your, 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 your marriage, it's like a fire, okay? You're building this great fire that's gonna give light and warmth. Do you see it's gonna be something that, 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 that it's, it makes the home attractive. Okay, a, 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 attraction, physical attraction, it's like the kindling. It's like just the little starter block. God never designed marriage to just be based on physical attraction. You see what I'm saying? He gave us that as a start. You can be attracted to a lot of people. Do you see what I'm saying? He gave us that as the starter. It's just a starter. But it's our responsibility. Man, put another, speaking of country, put another log on the fire. Y'all remember that song? I heard. Tark and I were out somewhere and we turned on the, uh, the, we found a country station. It was awesome. I'm no offense to country music, I'm telling you. But it was, uh, Put another log on the fire. And then it's always something. The wife left. The dog left. He's out there on the front porch in his underwear with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But attraction is just, it's just the starter. Watch. Here's what happens. When you have a fire, think of your own homes, Okay. You know, like in late January when we can finally build a fire down here in Florida. <laughs> you know, late January when hurricane season ends. When we finally build a fire here, watch, if you don't, if you build a fire and you walk away, what's gonna happen to that fire? It's gonna go out. It's the same thing with your marriage. You've gotta work on that fire and the light and the warmth and the blessing that it brings to you is worth it. But attraction is just the kindling. It's just the little starter block. And for that attraction to grow and keep going, man, those little kindling things aren't gonna work. You need a fire. You follow? And then compatibility. What compatibility? Let me just tell you all this. Carrie and I are not compatible at, in anything together. The only thing we're compatible about is Jesus. Okay, so here's where I'm going with this. What we are compatible about is Jesus. I mean, we are opposites. We are so opposite. It's just like, it's the classic opposites attract. There were no hobbies we liked. I mean, our hobbies are like, we eat together. Like, <laughs> that's about how far our hobbies go. We, we eat together. But watch, watch. You know where we are compatible? Our relationship with Jesus. 
You know where we are compatible? Understanding that God has a purpose for our marriage and our family. Watch this, watch this. You know where we are compatible? I'm gonna give you the secret to a great marriage. It's you, not your spouse. It's you. You wanna be compatible? Man, you have some love and some joy and some peace and some long-suffering and some kindness and some goodness and some faithfulness and some gentleness and some self-control. How many of you wanna be married to a person like that? That's compatibility right there. But watch, we're gonna get into these two shifts that I'm talking about, watch. Do you notice the fruit of the Spirit? The fruit of the Spirit in your life is about you and God. In other words, your spouse, you have no control over if this is gonna happen in their life, but you do have control if you can demonstrate this in your life. And I'm gonna tell you where we're going in these next couple of weeks and what this is all about and where the source, so much source of pain and frustration is in marriage or in relationships. And it's this, watch. Can you be happy without getting what you want. Can you be happy without getting what you want? I'm not telling you that what you want is not valid. I'm not telling you that what you want out of your spouse or your marriage or whatever else, it, you shouldn't have that. Or I'm not telling you anything like that. I'm just telling you this. For our walk with God, and during our lives here on this temporal earth, the question that all of us have to settle that's gonna dictate the joy and peace that we experience, okay, is can we be happy without getting what we want? If you're frustrated in life right now, think about it. You know what the root is? You're not getting something you want. If it's in your marriage, you're not getting what you want your spouse to do. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Remember the Apostle Paul? He did not want the thorn, did he? He did not want it. I'm not calling anyone's spouse a thorn. Okay, I want to be real clear right now. I saw some people light up like, yes, she's a thorn. What, he's, I, I don't want this, I don't want this. You know what God said? Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. And if your vision of freedom and happiness involves this thorn being removed, you have the wrong vision of freedom and happiness. Paul, you're gonna have to learn how to be content in me without getting everything that you want. That's a good time to clap. It's a good time to clap. It's a good time to clap. Now, here's the good news. Can I give you some good news? The Bible says the Lord will give us the desires of our heart. Can I tell you, God's a good God. He loves to give you good things. Can I tell you this? If you just focus on you, okay, 
and, and you demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, I'm telling you this, God's gonna give you most of what you want because he loves to bless us. And a lot of the things that you want, God wants those for you even more than you do. However, what if he does leave? What if this does happen? What if this thing or things, what if it, can you learn how to be content in Jesus without getting what you want and all these things going your way? Can you learn how to bring your suffering to God and find, and find fellowship in Jesus in that suffering? Didn't Jesus say in this world you're gonna have tribulation? Didn't Jesus say many are the afflictions of the righteous? Didn't Jesus tell us that while we're in this temporal world, we're not gonna get everything we want? Okay? So this is the key thing in all relationships. That's where we're heading. All right, are y'all ready to look at a shift? Here, I'm gonna give you two shifts real quick. Are you with me? Okay, you with me? Here we go, here we go. Let's look at shift number one. Go ahead and put it up there. Here's your first shift. This is what we're, we've been talking about. Shift from working on your relationship to working on yourself in the relationship. That fruit of the Holy Spirit, you can only control that as it relates, as it relates to you. So we have, look, I used to count, I don't counsel anymore. I'm not a good counselor. Are y'all shocked? I'm not a good marriage counselor. I just, I'm just get to the bottom line you know, like, okay, let's be Christians. That's what all the, do you understand? There's not a separate gospel for married people and single people. There's not a separate fruit of the spirit for married people and single people. There's not a separate uh, 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 follow Jesus for married people and single people. And that's why the Bible doesn't have a whole lot about marriage itself. Do you see? Because being married, being compatible, all those things, it's right there. It's demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. You follow me? So here's what we have to do. We have to shift from working on our relationship to working, or shift from working on the relationship to working on yourself in the relationship. I've had people come into my office, our pastors here all the time, they come in and it's, it's a you know, husband and wife and usually one of them, they sit down and the first thing that one of them says is, and I'll be honest, it's usually the wife, but that's okay. And it is, wives, I'll tell you this, it usually is the husband's fault if there's someone to blame. Okay, so I'll help you that with that. Okay. Guys, I'll give you a great marriage tip right now that'll help you. What you need to get in the habit of every morning, as soon as you wake up, you need to roll over and look at your spouse and just tell her that you're sorry. I'm sorry. I know you don't know if what you did or even if you did anything. I'm just helping you out. You'll be surprised how many times you say that. She says, I've been waiting for you to say that. Thank you. But they come in and usually the spouse, the, the wife will say, we are here to work on our relationship or we are here to work on our marriage. Okay, that's code. Let me tell you what that's code for. We are here to work on our relationship is code for I need you to fix him. Okay, that, it just, do you see what I'm saying? So do what y'all do. Get some scriptures out. Get some stuff out. Do your stuff to get him to 
to say what he's been doing wrong. So we're here to work on our relationship. I'm telling you right now, I will translate that right off the bat. <laughs> we, I'm here for you to fix this person. But here's the challenge with that. You can't control that person. You know who you can control? You. Do you see? And what you'll find is, if you find is, if you will just work on yourself in the relationship, all of a sudden God will begin to work the other way on the relationship. Man, I can remember it was it, it was uh, <laughs> Carrie and I. Oh man, I, she's awesome. And <laughs> but Carrie used to do this. Carrie used to come in and. Uh, this would be her deal. She'd come in and she'd say, we need to talk. Now, how many of you husbands out there know nobody needs to talk? <laughs> and then she would go into this thing. I would just have to start deciphering. What is this really? It's all this stuff, okay, I'm, I'm trying, I'm getting, do you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's code, it's, she's not saying what the real deal is. I'm, 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 I'm like, I feel like I'm in like a foreign language class trying to figure out what's going on and then finally we kind of get to the gist of it and it would, it, it would be something that I was doing wrong that she really had no control over changing. And it was just so, it was, it was bothering her, bothering her, bothering her. You know what we finally learned to do? You know what Carrie does now? If something's bothered, she just comes right out and says it. I shared this with y'all a couple of weeks ago. She came up and she reminded me again. She came up and she said, uh, she said you know, you're really self-centered. She said, but you're not selfish. Come on, guys, you gotta take one out of two. I'm thinking, all right, this is way better than we need to talk. We need to talk. You going four, five, six things you done wrong. Okay, I'm self-centered, but I'm not selfish. And she comes right out and she says, look, da-da-da, da-da-da, and she was. She's like, man, I really need you to help out here. I really, this and this and this. This is, this is really bothering, so you know what? I just need you to pray about that. I just needed to, to say that to you. It's in your court now. Never heard from her again on that. But you know what happens when she tells me that? Boy, does God come down. And man, it's like this thing. Do you see what I'm saying? And I did. You know, I started doing some of those things. I told her, I said, okay, well, here's the thing. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking I'm like, I'm not selfish, But I am self-centered, so I was like, okay, if I'm like 80% self-centered, my goal is by the end of the year to get that down to like 65% self-centered. <laughs> Guys, where are you at? I'm trying to help you out. See, guys, we're just gonna lower the bar. Just lower the bar down there. I said, you know, I am, and, and, and here's what that does now. Here, and here's what Carrie's, Carrie can't control me. 
She's right, but she can't control me. If there's something I want her to change, I can't control her. I can say what it is, and I should say what it is to her, but watch this. Here's what my awesome wife has learned. She cannot dictate her happiness on whether or not I change. And I can't dictate, she really doesn't have anything I want to, to change. Isn't that hilarious? That's the thing, like if there's some, in a, in a marriage, someone has to be a giver and someone has to be a taker. There can't be two takers. That's where you, I'm just kidding, y'all laugh. Ha 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 ha, okay, yeah. Gosh. But, 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 but what we've learned is watch, we're not gonna, we're not gonna put all of our emotional happiness eggs in the basket of the other person doing what we want them to do. Do you see? Why? Because we can only control ourselves. I can only control me. Every week starts with me. Every day starts with me. And if you want great chemistry in your marriage, if you want the fruit of the Spirit, you can have it. That fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with your spouse. That fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with their behavior. That fruit of the Spirit has nothing to do with what's going on in the marriage. That fruit of the Spirit has to do with you. Mm. Okay, y'all ready for a second? Second shift here, second shift, put it up there. Shift number two, I love this. Shift from focusing on the outcome of what you want to understanding the process that got you where you are today. The marriage, watch this, the marriage that you have, it's the marriage you're supposed to have because it is the marriage you have. Let me unpack that deep existential analogy. Watch, where you are right now in your marriage, it might not be where you wanna be, it might not be where you intended to be, but it's where you are. And remember this, direction, not intention, determines destination. So here's what that means. Where you are today in your marriage is an outcome of a process. Do you see? It's just the outcome of a process. It is the byproduct of a process. And too many people think that we can change the outcome by just talking about how we want a different outcome. Yeah, yelling into the outcome instead of understanding, okay, we're here today, and the reason we're here, let's understand the process of how we got here, because you know what? We want a different product in our marriage, okay? I want a different product in me, and so we have to understand what got us there, because that's where now we can focus on ourselves. What can I change? Remember, what can I change in myself to change this process, and I've got an illustration for you here today. How many of you uh, like to play golf? I got some golfers out there, yeah? Yeah, McDuffie, you play golf now, right? I taught you everything you know. Are you dominating? You're dominating the, the golf. Who, who's, the golf, who's the golfer out there? Some of y'all? See, you know what? I used to be a golfer, and... Uh, 
I'm not anymore. You know, I found out about a lot of guys. What happens, a lot of guys, they start following Jesus and, they re, and they're golfers, but then they read in the Bible, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, and they realize they can't quit cussing as long as they're playing golf. So in order to quit cussing, they have to give up golf. So I commend you for your sacrifice. Okay, but look, I used to play, uh, I used to play a lot of golf. I really did. I used to be good. Um, I still get out there and dominate every now and then. Every now and then, one of our youth pastors thinks he's got some game going on, so I'd go out and whip him, and then I retire again until the next youth pastor comes and tries to, to not, <laughs> try to knock me off. I'm like that old animal that's trying to still defend his territory. I got a few defenses left in me, but then I'll be gone. But anyway, I mean, you know, but back when I was in the golf, golf, by the way, it was so much more entertaining back in my day. I don't, you, how many of you remember John Daly? Remember John Daly? Oh, he made golf so much fun to watch. Yes, he's been to rehab seven times. However, the great thing about Daly, I got his, uh, his, his woods were my first clubs. They were called Orkinius Orca. And I loved Daly because he just had this huge swing and he would just crush it. Uh, and then he, Daly was your classic screaming, yelling at the ball. And if he, he didn't care about golf etiquette. If he didn't like his shot, he'd just throw a club in the lake. That's what I'm talking about. We gotta get the entertainment back in golf. Enough of all these khaki starched pants with their little, I say this, I say let the players throw clubs, but then they can't use that club for three holes as a penalty, right? That'll get some energy going in these golf matches. So I did, I, listen, since I got saved, I didn't throw clubs. I mean, I, might, I slammed them into the ground some. And I found a good option was, if you hit a bad shot near a sand trap, you can throw the rake, throw the rake. That's how I would get out my frustration. But I'm your classic guy, my friends will tell you this, I'm your classic guy. When I hit a, a tee shot, I hit any shot, I'm screaming at the ball. I will, no, no, or I'm screaming, I'm, you know, left, left, or go, go. I'm, I'm hollering at the ball. Somehow, I feel like my hollering at the ball, watch, is gonna change the outcome of the shot. But what do we know? It doesn't, okay? Whatever shot I hit, and here's back like, your marriage is what your marriage is for a reason. The shot that I hit, whether it was a slice or a hook or whatever it was, the shot that I hit is a direct outcome of the swing that I made. Do you see? So that's why when you take golf lessons, what is the golf coach? He doesn't, y'all don't go out there and holler at the ball together to do something different. What does he do? All right, let's, let's get the video out. Let's look at your swing. Let's look at the process. Let's look at what you're doing to cause this outcome of the slice or the hook. And evident, he'll find something. You know what? You're swinging too inside out. Okay, 
you're hooking too much. You gotta open the club face up a little bit. And he will sit there with that video and he will work on that process. He'll say, don't even, you're not even thinking about the ball. He's just, you're working on the swing and all the process. You do all that, guess what? The outcome of the ball flight is gonna take care of itself. There are so many people in relationships and they're talking and yelling for an outcome to change. It's just a byproduct of the swing. You can't talk or yell a new outcome. You know what you can do? You can understand the swing that got you there. You can understand the process and that's where you can start to work on you in the process to get a better outcome. Amen, come on, can you put your hands together? Come on out here, team. And we're gonna hit, this is all set up, we're gonna hit three and four next week. Uh, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. Father, we just thank you for your word, God. Lord, I just pray, I pray right now for all of our couples, I pray for all of our singles, God. Lord, I pray in this series, help us to process the question of what we're gonna base our happiness and contentment on in this life, including in our marriages and in our relationships, Lord. Father, help us understand that, Lord, you are, you are all that we need. God, and we thank you, you're a good God, that you are gonna give us the desires of our heart, that you're, you're, you're gonna give us most of the things that we want, but God, whether we're in a season of abundance and blessing or whether we're in a season of lack, God, Lord, we are not going to let another person control our happiness or control if we're gonna demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit and have joy and peace. Come on, close your eyes right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. Look, if you need Jesus, if you want Jesus to be Lord of your life right now, just ask him into your heart, into your life. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And God, bless our marriages. Bless our families. Lord, help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.